spooky people. It's me, Marissa. And me, Emily. What podcast is this, Em? I think it's Unknown Compelling Force. Is that right? I think you're right, yeah. (laughs) We're back. Episode 9? Ooh. Okay. We're nearing the double digits. Last week we did The Ghosts of New Orleans. Which was really good. That really was, spooky ooky. That was really fun. That was my exact wheelhouse. That's the exact mm. shit I love to see. This week we've got some more spooky shit for you and we are excited. Oh yeah, definitely. It's a nice spooky day outside oh, yeah. today too. And we got the window open so if you hear some like background rain, just it's ambiance. If you hear sirens and a lot of motorcycles and horns honking, ambiance. <laughs> Rochester. Rochester ambiance. <laughs> Along with the rain, that's a that's a common Rochester ambiance as well. Yesterday was a nice like sunny day. Yes. Got a lot of outside time, and today was a rainy day, so I got to stay inside and do, do nothing. nothing. Yeah, <laughs> we both did nothing, so you know. But like, yesterday we were walking a lot because we were picking up shells at uh, Lake Ontario. So yeah. we went to we went to go put our little crow brains on and go pick up all the shiny stuff on the beach. So. Yeah, in the freezing cold water, freaking getting hypothermia in our feet but that's okay we're fine it's so cold it hurt i know <laughs> <laughs> but we saw girls like out there like in the water like taking instagram yeah, trying to get and that stuff. good photo and i was like girl you are there were a bunch of them i was like girl you are determined it was so yeah. cold out there it had to be below freezing absolutely it was freezing oh it was so cold anyway anything else interesting going on we should sprinkle in here before we start the pod oh god is there ever anything interesting <laughs> I do kind of have one interesting thing. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So, there was some creepy stuff I wanted to talk about with Emily that's been going on in our house, but I wanted to do it on the podcast because, A, it's creepy, and I'm thinking if you guys are into creepy shit, you're going to like this, but also I want Emily's reaction yeah, to because, be on the pod. Yeah, because if you told me this before, I wouldn't be able to act surprised during the podcast. And, like, I asked her the other day, I was like, do you want me to tell you now or do you want me to tell you on the podcast? Because I wanted to say it either way and see what people think. So I asked if she wanted to do it, if she wanted me to do it on the podcast or if she wanted me to just do it then, and she said, on the podcast. So So I don't spoil anything. Here we are. (laughs) So, about a year ago, a little over a year ago, actually, there was probably about a month to two month time frame Mm -hmm. where... I was hearing a lot of weird shit going on in the house. Yes, I remember. I've, some I've told of that. you about this. Yeah. Um, and it was my other roommates who used to live here would go to bed super early and I would stay up really late. So it's like by nine o'clock, I was basically the only person in the house because everybody else was in bed. And so at night, I would never want to leave my room because I was just very suddenly, I would hear all of these really distant voices, like muffled voices. Mm -hmm. And I knew that it wasn't my roommate because I I hadn't heard it before. And I knew it wasn't our neighbors on the other half of the house because I'd never heard it before. It just started. Yeah. And you can tell when it's like coming from the bedroom next door or if it's coming from across the wall. Or above, yeah. Yeah. And it just seemed different. And it was really weird. And I would always hear a lot of just like, movement Mm -hmm. like things just being moved around or general shuffling that again was just different than the other noises that Mm -hmm. I I was used to in the house and I would hear a lot of footsteps there was one night or one day that I was home alone and I was just in my bedroom like cleaning and stuff and I heard something downstairs so I like opened my door and just peeked my head out and you know 
my bedroom is, like, right at the top of two staircases, so mm-hmm. there's two that come up, like, in A, and my bedroom is, like, right at the top. Mm-hmm. And I heard a very loud stomp on the stairs, like the maid stairs that go to the kitchen. Yeah. A very loud stomp on the stairs. And I panicked and shut my door and moved my nightstand in front of it and just, like, waited for my other roommates to get home. And I figured it was just, like, maybe one of the cats just jumped onto the stairs really loudly or something. But it was around the corner I couldn't see, but I could only hear it. Yeah. So I just, like, moved on, moved it out of my head (sighs) until... And this was, as a time frame, this was probably, like, the end of December to, like, mid-February. At least mid-February, if not after that. Okay. And so, there was one night I was standing at the pantry. Mm -hmm. And, again, I was rarely home alone, but I was home alone. And I was standing at the pantry, which my back was to the basement door Mm -hmm. that had, like, the stairs that go down. And then I was standing right under the staircase. So, while I was standing there... I all of a sudden heard footsteps running on stairs. So I fucking panicked and I jumped backwards and it, I couldn't tell if they were like running up the stairs behind me from the yeah. basement, which yeah. our basement has a door that leads outside. Yeah. So if yeah. someone could potentially break into that door and be in our basement, it's not out of the realm of possibility. So I couldn't tell if they were running up behind me or if they were running on the stairs above me. But I jumped back and fucking panicked, and I just stood there in the kitchen, just, I was holding a wooden spoon, and I was just staring at the basement door, which was cracked open a little bit, because, like, the cats used to go in and out down there, which, I know what you're thinking, the footsteps were not the cats, it sounded much, much different (laughs) than the cats. But while I was sitting there, and I went to call my mom, and I was, like, staring at the door, and, like, typing, like, my mom's name into my phone, and the door just slammed shut. No! It was open, like, a couple of inches. And it just slammed shut. And so I screamed and went running upstairs and again just moved my nightstand in front of my door because my door doesn't even fucking latch. Thanks, landlord. (laughs) And so, and I was in there panicking and I like called my mom and she was like, do you want to call 911? And I was like, I don't know. I really think there's someone in the house. And I didn't know what to do. And then my other roommate got home and I heard her get home and I called her name and we, she, it was her and we were like, oh thank God. So we walked around and checked everywhere and we didn't see anybody. So Mm -hmm. we didn't panic too much. And then, pretty much right after that, it stopped. Yeah. Okay. So, I wasn't hearing the noises, I wasn't hearing the voices anymore, and then a few weeks, maybe a week ago, I was reading a blog post about frogging. Do you know what frogging is? No. Um, it's like a new poor thing, like a new homeless thing, where especially, like, young adults, like, homeless teenagers and, like, Uh people around our age live in people's houses secretly uh-huh. for yeah. and only for a few weeks at a time hence frogging they jump from pad to pad okay. and you know how our attic has that extra room yeah okay so our third floor there's like an attic <laughs> there's like it's half finished so we're in the third floor right now the other half is attic so there's one room you open up into that's the attic that's for storage and then around the corner there's like a little door that goes into another weird little attic room that we never go into. And up above the attic there's a weird space up there that again we never go into. Our basement, like I said, has an exterior door mm-hmm. and has a bunch of random little rooms and spaces down there and we never go down there for anything. And we live in an area where people move around a lot. Mm-hmm. It's totally conceivable someone has our house key. Well, and I do need to mention, we're very bad at locking our doors. N- not when my old roommates lived here. 
they were like anal about it. Okay, it was but super annoying. I'm kind of like that too now. You, you are just because yeah. I'm not used to this kind of area. Right. See, where um. I grew, I grew up in the middle of nowhere. We never locked our doors, and then I went to a small college where everybody knew everybody. No one locked their doors. Yeah, no. And then our first apartment in the city, the main door, there was like a code to get in. But we were the only ones who had the code, and it was just us and the girls across the hall. So, again, we never locked our door. Because mm-hmm. the only people who had the code were us and the two girls across the hall. So, like, I've never had to lock my door until I lived here. Mm-hmm. So, it's just nothing that's ever on my mind. Oh, it's always been on my mind, especially once I went to Rutgers in New Brunswick. Um, that is, like, almost the equivalent of Newark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So. So, it just... I, it just occurred to me, like, last weekend, I was yeah. talking to my mom, and it just all hit me at once that I was like, oh my god, because I I know I've mentioned to you and to other people how I, it was almost like our house was haunted for a very yeah. suddenly, and then it just stopped just as suddenly. Yeah, but remember when I told you when you and Nick went out that one night, and I thought you guys came back, and I was really scared? Yeah. And I, um, was like, you know what, if, I was standing at the top of the stairs for, like, a solid 15 minutes trying to see if I could hear anything coming yeah. from downstairs because I swear to God I heard the door open and close. Ugh. And I thought it was you guys. But also that door <laughs> just pops open on its own all no, the time. No, but it was closed when I went downstairs finally. Ah. And um, I decided, you know, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die. And so I went downstairs and the door to the little um, half bathroom was closed. Mm. And so that's what I was nervous about. Oh my God. But anyway. So basically I think someone, it's, possible someone may have been living secretly in our house and especially like like I'm especially thinking like basement wise that you know there's a bunch of like weird little off side rooms down there we never went down there for anything and the stairs lead right up to the pantry and there's another staircase that goes outside like yeah I don't know it just it freaked me the fuck out when I thought about it and it's like we haven't like luckily if that's what was happening like, no one got hurt, everything was fine, I yeah. mean, it was probably just someone who, it was the middle of winter, Yeah, they just wanted somewhere to be, mm-hmm. which, if that was the case, still fucking terrifying, and luckily nothing bad happened, but, like, dude, we're on the third floor, I'm afraid to go back downstairs. <laughs> dude, fuck that attic. There's also just, this house is so weird, I would love it for our landlord to please fix the doors, because Ugh. none of the doors in this house close properly. My doorknob keeps falling off of my bedroom and door, so and I get locked door. in my bedroom. The basement door, the knob falls off all the time, every time we try to use it. None of the, like, my bedroom door doesn't even latch anymore. The one, like, the only doors that work are, like, the bathroom and Nick's room. Yep. And that's it. And the front door, but, you know, thankfully. But, like... And then our, in the third floor, we have this hallway that we have to walk down from, like, the podcast room down the hall and to the stairs. And there's just a window in the middle of the hallway that looks into the attic. Yeah. Which is the last thing I've ever wanted in my life, is a foggy glass window facing into the attic. Yeah, I never, I, like, I thought it was for, like, decor. Like, <laughs> it's, it's for the aesthetic. <laughs> Which we went in there, me and Nick went in there only one time, and there was like a bunch of plywood, so we put the plywood in front of the window so it oh, wouldn't good. be creepy. Yeah. But yeah. it's still creepy. But so, yeah, that's the thing I wanted to tell you. I think someone was secretly living in this house. It was before you lived here, but still. And now our stove is turning on, which that is the most dangerous of the three. Emily, chill, it was Loki. <laughs> oh no, guys, you should see your face. 
There was just a tiny little sound outside the door, and she she's panicking. <laughs> it's Loki. He's right there. But he's looking outside the door. Yo, I'm freaking. <laughs> See, I knew I shouldn't have told you. Which took like the first can't. 15 minutes of this pod for me to tell you that someone lived in our house secretly. I'm freaking out. Oh, and no. It just keeps reminding me of that video I saw on YouTube of that lady that was sleeping in that guy's um, attic, and she would come down in the middle of the night into the kitchen to pee in the sink. What? Dude, our third floor would be a dope place to secretly live because there's a bathroom right there. Yeah, exactly. Don't live on our third floor, though. If you want to live here, just ask. Yeah, please just tell us. We'll just (laughs) let you, like, pay rent. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we have this whole extra room. Please don't secretly live in our house. Just ask, bro. Just ask. Ask first, please. We're nice people, I swear. (laughs) No, what the fuck? But you will have to pay rent because we're poor. At least a little bit. (laughs) I don't know. I let one motherfucker live here rent-free already, but we're not going to go there. Oh, shit. Yeah, no. Fuck that bitch. (sighs) Anyway, on to the actual content of this episode now that I've thoroughly scared the pants off Emily by accident, (laughs) but not really on accident. Maybe if I talk about my topic, I won't be as scared. All right, and what are you telling us about? All right, so my topic today is Slenderman. Yeah, spooky. Slendy Tendy Man. Um, and I'm pretty sure everyone knows who Slender Man is or what he is, but we're gonna just go a little into depth about where he originated, um, cause he just suddenly kind of popped up on the internet, and then, you know, people started freaking out, and, uh, two girls tried killing their friend because of him. But anyway, we'll get to that. It be that way. <laughs> so... Can, can we only call him Slendy Tendy Man? Yeah. Right, I don't know call, if I'm going to remember that. You call him a Slender Man, I will call him okay. Slendy Tendy Man. Okay. So, Slender Man is a supernatural character that was created by a guy named Eric Nudson. I'm sorry if I butchered, butchered that, but it's K-N-U-D-S-E-N, so I'm just going to say... Names well, are hard and we're illiterate. Knudsen in 2009. Um... And so, Slenderman is depicted as this super unnaturally tall and thin man wearing a black suit. And he's said to be anywhere from, like, 6 feet tall to 15 feet tall, which is a huge range. And he could be as tall as Nick, is what I was just thinking. Honestly, yeah. Which isn't that... It isn't that scary. (laughs) So, he wears a suit and he's, like, all white. Not like us pale white. He's, like, white white. Like... Bleach white. Yeah. <laughs> and he has no features. He's just... And he has no hair or anything. He's just a featureless man. Yeah. Looks like he's wearing a big old morph suit. Yeah, exactly. And his arms are said to be, like, long and tentacle-like, and he can extend them to catch his victims. And he has so many different abilities, apparently. Um, but one of his main abilities is to teleport. He's most often located in forests and abandoned locations. That's um, not, like, a great place to find victims, though. I mean... Like, if you're... You, you gotta go where the victims are if it's abandoned. <laughs> I mean, his... Apparently his whole target range is children. And I guess teenagers. Teenagers love abandoned shit. That's true. I'm not a teenager, but I love abandoned shit. Yeah, when I was a teenager, I would go, we would go, my friend group would go into abandoned buildings. We loved it. And Slender Man never got you? No. Man, count yourself Never saw no tall white man ever. You've never seen a tall white man? In in abandoned (laughs) locations. Emily, I don't know how to tell you this, but a tall white man lives with us. (laughs) Um... 
<laughs> so apparently being close to the slender tender man <laughs> can cause a slender sickness and it's a rapid onset of paranoia, nightmares, and delusions accompanied by nosebleeds. So Slenderman is known to stalk and abduct children, like I said, and nobody really knows what his motive is. He just likes to take kids. He's just some sort of pervert. Pervert. Are you there, pervert? Pervert, I guess. And um, Eric Knudsen, the guy that created Slenderman, he was inspired by things such as Stephen King's The Mist. By the way, great movie. Mm -hmm. 10 out of 10. The ending. the ending hurt me, but that's okay. Oof. As well as the legend of shadow people and Mothman, believe it or not. <gasps> I'm trying to find the connection there, but I can't. Everything is inspired by Mothman. I don't know, being in an abandoned place, I another guess. worldly, interdimensional being. Yeah. Yeah. Sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, were you guys not thinking <laughs> that? <laughs> me neither. Sexy. <laughs> And other similar legends to Slenderman are, like, the Men in Black. Mm, love um, it. So I'm assuming that's where Nudson also got his inspo from, is the Men in Black, because that's also a very huge legend, and people have claimed to see the Men in Black mm -hmm. a not, lot. We're not talking about the Tommy Lee Jones no. and Will Smith movie. No. We're talking about the real Men in Black yeah. that come and threaten people. That, like, the movie is based off of. Slenderman became viral super fast and formed into a creepypasta, which, for anyone that doesn't know, were just a bunch of horror stories told in, like, really short forms on websites. And so many people have created, like, fan art of him, and they dress up as him for, like, cosplay and stuff. So he's just become this huge, like, icon. He was... Can I interject with my Slenderman ideas mm -hmm. real quick? Okay. So... Talking about Slenderman brings me very specifically to junior year of high school. He was all the rage at the same time as the beginning of Minecraft and the Harlem Shake. Do you remember the Harlem yes. Shake? Okay, so the Harlem Shake videos were everywhere, and which were hilarious. And my favorite one was a bunch of people just like hanging around while one guy was dancing. And then at the end, when the Harlem Shake drops and you think everybody's going to start dancing, uh, Slenderman was standing there in front of a pile of bodies. <laughs> I think I've seen that. So it's like, I just equate Slenderman to, to like, an Shake. internet joke yeah. along with Minecraft and the Harlem Shake. Like, yeah. <laughs> kind of like a big meme. Yeah. But, like, also, I know there's actual real scary stuff, which I don't know as much about, but I only know the joke stuff, so. Yeah, that's kind of how I was when I was in high school. I was like, oh, haha, Slenderman, internet thing, great. Like, uh. like, do you remember, like, last year, the year before Momo? Yes. Yeah. That, and it was just an art piece. Thing. Yeah, it was it was all fake. I felt bad. I didn't the guy didn't the artist destroy it cuz yeah. it got so much like Yeah. That sucks. And also my cat's name was Momo and I was like leave him alone. He's named after the the lemur from Avatar the Last Airbender. <laughs> so back to a uh, Slendy Tendy. Yeah, sorry. There <laughs> there are two theories as to like what he could be. And one, I'm going to get a little, like, science-y here, which I'm not scientific at all, so just buckle up. It might get confusing, and I might not have answers. <laughs> so, one of the theories is known as the Tulpa Effect, and this is a theory on the creation and existence of Slenderman, and a Tulpa is a thought form, and the concept of Tulpas is 
theoretical in nature and it originates from Tibetan Buddhist mythology, uh, where tulpas are described as extra bodies that were created from one person's mind in order to travel to spiritual realms. And the tulpa effect is the name given to the unintentional creation of a tulpa based on collective belief of a being with similar traits. And I kind of already knew about that theory. I don't know where it came from. I didn't know where it came from or, like, the, the, name. the name of it. But yeah. it's just that idea that if so many people think the same thing and believe in the same thing, it com- it becomes, like, a real thing. Yeah. Um, like that episode of Supernatural, but we won't talk about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the other theory is much more like science-y. It's called, it's the quantum theory, and this theory is used to explain the supernatural nature of Slenderman. And this theory is based around the idea that Slenderman is a physical substance, not a thought form, um, like the other theory suggests, and its existence and powers are reliant on physics and science. So, we have one theory that kind of tells us, oh, it's just a thought form that, like, so many people created this thing and it became this actual being. And then there's, like, a more scientific theory to it. Like, it it is an actual thing, but Mm -hmm. it's, like, totally reliant on physics. Okay. Um, but yeah. And just, I thought we would talk about some of Slenderman's abilities, because I didn't know a lot of these. Um, he seems to have a lot of powers, <laughs> so we'll just, we'll talk about him. So, one of his main powers that I briefly mentioned before is slender walking, and <laughs> that's what they call it. Okay. Um, but it's literally just teleportation, like, they talk about how, like, oh, you'll see him, like, 50 feet away, and you'll blink, and then all of a sudden he's in your face. Like, ooh, I like that, though. I like yeah. that, I like the name, slender walking. Yeah, isn't that interesting? That is cool. And then he also has camouflage, which I guess makes sense. Another power is mind control, and he, it's said that he could uh, control the minds of his victims, and that's kind of how he (gasps) gets them. Okay. He also has impersonation, so I'm guessing he can, um, like if we think of the Wendigo and stuff, um, they can often project their voices as someone that you know. Yeah. So that's how they lure you into their trap. So I'm guessing that's what that basically is. Um, he also has tentacles, and I've seen that in, like, a lot of fan art. Like, I'm have sure the- you <laughs> have. <laughs> don't ask me where I was looking at that fan art, because I don't <laughs> fucking know. A website that we cannot say on a podcast. On the inner tube webnets. So yeah, he's got, like, you know, his really long arms, but then apparently he can have, like, tentacles come out of his back or something, but I've also seen his arms become the tentacles, so I don't know. Um, we'll just have to ask him or something, I don't know. (laughs) We gotta ask him. (laughs) Let's go find an abandoned place. (laughs) The subway tunnels. Yeah, honestly. He might be too tall to be in there. Well, they're not that tall. Well, he's gotta be, like, he's gotta be tall enough for a train, so I feel like it's tall enough for Slendy Tendy Man. (laughs) We'll have to ask him. We'll, we'll have to ask when we run into him. <laughs> um, so he also has selective visibility, which is cool. He can make, like, his victims see him, but, like, not anybody else. That's dope. Which is dope, because it can be like, dude, you're just ability. crazy. You know? But he's actually not crazy. I would love that ability. <laughs> <laughs> to, I can choose who can perceive me and who cannot. No one would know I exist. <laughs> I would choose for nobody to perceive me at any time. 
I'm getting deep and philosophical. No, I'm just don't look at me. That's all. <laughs> just don't look at me. He also has pyrokinesis, which is, uh, if anyone doesn't know, is the ability to move and control fire with the mind. He also has telekinesis, which is the ability to move objects with the mind. Amazing. He has mutilation, which, you know what? I don't really know why that's considered to be one of his ability and powers because a human man can mutilate. So can a human woman. Let's not be sexist here. I know, but it's usually men. It is usually men. (laughs) As with most bad things that happen. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know why that's listed as one of his abilities, but it is. It's not that special, Slendy. I was looking at the... For his abilities, I was um, looking at his the fandom website mm-hmm. for him. <laughs> I'm not even joking. It's like 20 pages long. And you know, uh, people are definitely out there trying to bang Slenderman. Oh, 100%. I have you fan art, fan art. Oh no. Moving on. <laughs> so he also has the sickness. Did I explain what that was? No. So the sickness is like he. He just has the ability to make you feel really weird and like gross and. Oh, yep. Like, you know, depressed. Angry. <laughs> he also has weather control, apparently. Damn, this boy's got it all. I know, he's like a god or something. He's he- OP. <laughs> and he also has, um, also, I don't know why this is listed as an ability, but he can prolong the death of his victims. Again. So that they suffer more. That's just something that regular humans can also do. Yeah, it's just based on, like, you know, biology and shit, and knowing what you're doing. And then he has the slender sense. <laughs> like Spidey I'm sense. not even joking. It's called the slender sense. And he can sense where his victims are at all times. Um, and yeah, it's basically the Spidey sense. That I love that. I it's, love every part of It is of pretty this. amazing. So, Slenderman was originally portrayed as, like, someone who is extremely dangerous, obviously. That was the whole point of him. And he would stalk his victims impale them on trees, and remove their organs. Oh. Yeah. What he want them for? Um, maybe he's into the black market. I don't know. Could be. (laughs) But, like, in more contemporary times, so nowadays, that story has kind of evolved, and he's just known as being this super passive-aggressive creature. (laughs) And (laughs) so he likes to let his prey devolve slowly into madness until they're unable to cope with their situation, and then he will stalk his prey for days, even months, and will appear to a person when they're least expecting it. Ooh. Um, yeah, so that's basically just the ins and outs of Slenderman, and now I thought it would be interesting to talk about a actual true crime case that happened, um, like seven years ago or so. I remember this, and I was so hoping you would mention it. Oh, yeah. Because I don't know a ton about it, and I, the little I do know about it's fucking wild. Yeah, I remember, 2014, yeah, so I was in high school, and yeah, I remember it going on, I was like, what the fuck? Anyway. <laughs> that was the year I graduated high school. I graduated 2016. <laughs> little baby. <laughs> so, in 2014, two girls in Wisconsin decided to try to prove that Slenderman was real. And both girls were 12 at the time, believe it or not. Isn't that crazy? And they had created this huge murder plot against their own friend. And one of the girls had told the police, like, when they were caught, that they decided to kill their friend to honor a mythological creature that they had read about online. So they were, like, once they were caught after this whole situation, they were like, yep, 
We did it for Slendy Tendy Man, and yeah. Um, yeah, no remorse, anything. But anyway, that's always the craziest thing, especially when they're that young and they like don't even feel. Yeah, bad. they're like, yeah, I did it, not do it again. Fucking twelve years old, it's Jesus. crazy. And so their whole idea was like, they had a few plans, but they didn't all work out how they wanted it to. Um, so they all went to the one girl's house for like a slumber party, all three girls. So the two attempted murderers took their friend into a wooded park and they distracted her with a game of hide and seek. Um, first they were gonna like try to kill her in the bathroom of the park, but that didn't work out because one of the girls was like, I'm having second thoughts. And then the other girl was like, gotta fucking do it so we can go see Slenderman. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm having second thoughts about killing my seventh, seventh grade classmate. Who's also uh, our really good friend. Yeah, what? So, when they were playing this game of hide-and-seek, one of one girl told the other girl, quote, Go ballistic. Go crazy. And they allegedly stabbed the girl 19 times. <gasps> yes. With what? Just, like, a knife? Yeah, they, um, I, they took a kitchen knife from one of their kitchens. Oh, my pretty God. Pretty sure. And one of the girls had told the police that they planned to kill her at night. Like, they were so open about this whole thing. Like, there was no interrogation because it was just like they didn't care they were just gonna tell that's everything. so creepy yeah just and i'm pretty sure this is all um taped so you can watch it oh hell yeah, yeah. okay so you can really see like how there's just no emotion at all oh my god um so yeah one of the girls had told the police that they had planned to kill her at night um so that they wouldn't have to look her in the eyes oh after this, like, when they stabbed the girl 19 fucking times, they promised that they would get her help, but they just ran away. Well, so, you go to a sleepover with your friends when you're 12, they stab you a bunch of times and say, don't worry, we'll go get you help. Do and you then, think yeah, she no. believed them at all? No. Do you think she was even conscious? She was, actually. <gasps> oh my god, um, imagine just laying there being stabbed 19 yeah. times. Holy I just shit. wanted to mention when I was twelve, me and my friend were like kissing posters of Harry, uh, not Harry Styles, but the whole One Direction. We oh weren't my. thinking about murdering people, but anyway. When I was twelve, <laughs> I I don't know. I did nothing. <laughs> That's a mood. I, I had no friends, and I lived in the middle of nowhere. I didn't do stuff. So, like I said, like she was still conscious after this when they were like, "Oh no, we're gonna go get somebody." No, wrong. They just ran away instead. Um, and the victim actually was able to crawl out of the woods and onto the road where there was a bike, where a bicyclist found her. And uh, one of the doctors said that one of the, like, stab wounds, like, missed a major artery near her heart by only a millimeter. <gasps> and this girl, this girl survived. She's, let's see, how old is she now? 19? Holy shit! Yeah, and I'm pretty sure she that's, did an interview. I didn't watch it, but... That's still so young. It's crazy. So, the police interrogated the girls separately. Um, you know, considering they were having a sleepover with the victim the same night, they were like, I mean, we gotta talk to them, you know? Right. And police said that the one girl, her name's Morgan Geyser, appeared very calm. She was covered in blood, but she acted as if it was all okay. And Morgan asked what had happened to Bella, which is what they refer to the victim as. Is that um, really her name? I don't think I put her name in it, actually. Just in case, like, yeah, she doesn't she want... Yeah, she was a minor. Yeah, and just in case she doesn't want that out there, like, I don't... 
I just felt it wasn't necessary. I was gonna try to leave even the murder, like the attempted murderers' names out of it, but no, they deserve it. They're crazy. Yeah, there's like shit going on now, so I thought it was important to put their names. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the one girl, Morgan, she was like, "What happened to Bella?" Um. And she said, "Quote: Is she dead? I was just wondering." <gasps> and she said, "I might as well just say it. We were trying to kill her." Oh my. End quote. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. And so she stated that the other girl, whose name was Anissa said that they had to kill their friend, quote, because she said that he'd kill our families, a man. I don't know him, but Anissa knew him. Okay. And this, like, interrogation thing kind of became, like, a blaming each other sort of thing because Anissa said it was Morgan that said they had to kill their friend. But Morgan said, I didn't really understand what we were doing, but I really didn't want to make Anissa mad. It's hard enough to make friends. I don't want to lose someone over something like this. Uh, like murder? Yeah, so they were just kind of blaming each other at that point. Like, Which, she was the mastermind of this, like, you know. Yeah. Oh my god, that's crazy. Yeah, and so the girls told the police that they were trying to become proxies of Slenderman, and apparently, like, they said Slenderman is like the leader of creepypasta in the uh, and in the hierarchy of that world, and a person has to kill to prove their dedication to him. And they were planning to run away after the murder, and they were going to go to uh, the Demon's Mansion, which apparently is in Nicolette National Forest in Wisconsin. What the fuck? Which I don't know who decided that Slenderman lived there permanently. In Wisconsin, but what does he like? Cheese? Fucking, their cheese is so fucking good. I know, Emily. Cheese curds. <laughs> <laughs> I miss him. I want to go to Wisconsin just to get some. And Slenderman. And get some Slenderman. Do you think we can win Slenderman's favor by just bringing him cheese curds? If he's living in Wisconsin, yeah. Sweet. <laughs> so one girl said that she would see him in her dreams and that he can read her mind. And that kind of goes along with what is said about him online. So obviously this girl probably just read that shit online. But anyway... Yep. When police were going through Morgan's room, they found drawings of Slenderman and mutilated dolls that had their hands, arms, and legs cut off. And her computer had thousands of searches along the lines of, like, how to get away with murder. Jesus. And, but then she didn't even try. They were just like, yeah, we tried to kill her. It didn't work, though. Yeah, I guess they assumed that she would just bleed out eventually. Yeah. They didn't expect her to be able to walk to the road and, like, Oh, by chance, a bicyclist super early in the morning found her. Like, yeah. it was just, re- she was really Honestly, lucky. I, I think about these people a lot that just come across things like that, where it's like they're just out for their morning bike ride and then just come across a 12-year-old girl who's been stabbed 19 times. Like, that's my nightmare. Yeah, like, I think when the bicyclist, like, called police and the police came, like, they were talking about, like, how weird it was, because at first, like, the policeman didn't really see that much blood, but, like, as he got closer to her, he was like, holy shit, like, this girl's, like, dying. Oh my god. Um, and so the two girls, obviously, they went to court, and they were charged as adults with first-degree attempted homicide, but they were later found not guilty by reason of mental disease or defect. So I guess nowadays we don't call it, um, the, like, insanity plea, because all these websites were, like, no, it's because of mental disease or defect, which I guess is kind of nice. You're just beating around the same bush. It means the same thing. You're just trying to say it in a nicer way. Yeah, you're kind of like, we don't use the word insane anymore, but, like, that's fine. When it comes to people like that, like, that Insanity are- Insanity mur- plea. Yeah. And when it comes to people that are, like, trying to murder people, like, you're insane. Like, you can say something is insane, and you can say somebody 
did something out of insanity. That's yeah. That's a in my perspective, I feel like that's a completely normal thing to say. It's not like insane is used as frequently as an insult as some yeah. other things. Yeah. It's like used to describe things that are fucking crazy. Like Yeah. But I think I think the whole idea was like, oh, like back in like, you know, the fifties Mm-hmm. people that were labeled insane were people with, like, yeah. intellectual disabilities, and that's why I feel like they're trying to... That's true. Yeah. ...just completely get rid of the word. That Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. You're right. Like, insane asylums. Yeah. And it ranged from anyone who had, like, autism spectrum disorder to, like... ADHD. ADHD. Yeah. PTSD. Yeah. Severe Anything that didn't have answers. Yeah. Or if you were completely mentally, de- like, on par with your developmental stage... But had, like, a limb deformity. Yep. Girl, you're insane. Go to the pit. Yep. Anyway, we'll talk about that in my <laughs> oh, story. Oh, of course. <laughs> and so Anissa was charged with 25 years in a state institution, and Morgan was sentenced to a 40-year commitment because I think one of the cops was, like, you know, they were both blaming each other, but out of both of them, it seemed to be Morgan that was the mastermind. Okay. Um. So that's what they got out of that. And... As of 2021, there's been an update, I think it was in March, so it wasn't even that long ago, one of the girls, Anissa, who is now 19, has spent three and a half years of her 25-year sentence in a state mental facility, and she's trying to request release, which is interesting. And the jury had found her not criminally responsible of the stabbing due to a mental illness, and they said that Anissa was the one to coax the other murderer, Morgan to go ballistic and stab their friend, and psychologists have said that during the trial back in 2017 that both girls shared a delusional disorder due to Morgan Geyser's undiagnosed schizophrenia disorder. Oh, no. So they are saying that there are real mental health issues with these two girls. One of their parents of one of the girls was like, oh, I didn't notice anything off, um, you know, up until the murder, the attempted murders. But also, like, these girls are so young for a diagnosis yeah. like that. Yeah. That is not something that That's not happens. normal, yeah. Schizophrenia <laughs> doesn't usually show up until a lot later. No, yeah, until, like, your 20s. Yeah. It's It's crazy. And according to uh, Morgan's mother, she does say that her father has schizophrenia, so, oh. um, yeah, it could be a genetic thing. And there was another psychologist that believed that Anissa shows signs of persi- persistent depressive disorder and a schizotype disorder. But like I said before, her father was like, oh, I didn't see any signs of mental illness leading up to her stabbing. Okay, but my dad also looked at me and my brother and said, I don't see any signs of mental illness in these kids. Yeah. Parents are in such denial when it comes yep. to stuff like that. Like, they just want and to believe a, that a lot of perfect, you're perfect, but... Yep, and a lot of people just don't believe in that kind of thing. Yeah. Like, my dad was born and raised in, like, the 50s and 60s. Like, he just straight up does not believe in mental health. Yep. He's like, you're fine. Just get out and go into the sunshine. You'll be okay. Rub some dirt on it. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Rub some dirt on your depression that you've had <laughs> since nine years old, Marissa. Yeah, really. You'll be fine. So, Morgan, on the other hand, like I said, she's serving a 40-year sentence, which is the maximum that you can serve in a mental health facility. And she is allowed to petition for release every six months like Anissa is, but she hasn't done so yet, which I think is kind of interesting, and I'm wondering what's going on there but who knows yeah so that's basically what's going on so far i think we'll obviously put updates on like twitter or instagram if anything big comes out of that like if they are to release her 
uh, which I think is a horrendous idea. Um. <laughs> yeah, that don't sound sick. It's because I know we were kind of talking about this earlier today. Um, that like if you're being put in a mental institution or what did you say she's going into? Did you say mental? Institution? Yeah, it's a mental health facility. A mental health facility. Yeah, it's like yeah. a prison mental health facility. Yeah, and it's like that's you're still a prisoner. Like you're still in prison, and it's like at what point do the psychologists say, okay, you're making good progress, you're doing well, time to transfer you to a regular prison because you don't need this psychiatric help anymore. Or is it just straight up, you are stuck in this psychiatric facility even if you're better now? It's, the thing is with, like, these girls, I don't think there is a better. I think these girls are obviously going to have to be on medication for the rest of their life, and I have a feeling since they're only 19, if they do get released, they're not going to want to take their meds. Well... That could be. That's but, true. You That's, know. I mean, I don't know much about the legal process in terms of an, imp- an insanity plea. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't really know much how that works, but it's like, it just seems weird to me that you can decide right now that this person needs 25 or 40 years of mental health. Like, hands-on, 24-hour mental health watch. Which, I mean, I guess that makes sense due to the severity of their crime, but, like, at what point do you say, okay, the psychiatric... Stuff has run its course, time to go to a regular jail. I think it's just kind of like the mental health facility is a prison, but it's for people... Like that, TM. Yeah. So... That's fair. Like I said, I don't know that much about it, so... And the thing is, like, I'm pretty sure they're at the same facility, and I think that's kind of fucked up. Roomies. Yeah, I think that's really fucked up. I don't... Especially since they... Psychologists suggested that they were having, um, like, a shared delusional yeah. disorder. I really don't think that <laughs> having them in the same space is a great idea. Yeah. But. What do we know? You know, I mean, we do have, we are in psychology. I am becoming an art therapist, but, you know, who knows. Maybe <laughs> you can go do art therapy with them and have them draw pictures of Slenderman. You know what? My internship for fall, I do plan on trying to work with people with psychosis, so we'll see. That's dope. Then I'll have a reason to go to Wisconsin besides cheese. Wisconsin. <laughs> I would only go to Wisconsin for the cheese. <laughs> so I thought, like, to end this, I would tell two stories from people on the internet about Slendy. They're really short stories. Like I said, most of the creepy pasta stuff is just really short stories. The first one is called "I Think He's Stalking Me" by Ray K. Twenty Four. And I found these on Ranker, so I don't know originally where they were from. Usually Reddit, I think. That's what I'm thinking. I think it's probably from Reddit. Um, But I saw them on Ranker. And so this is her story, or their story. I've seen him. It started as dreams, but now, now he's showing up in random areas at random times, and even though he's terrifying, I feel a sense of calm when he's around. The first time I saw him was at my boyfriend's house, in his room. I woke up from a nightmare and sat up, and there he was in the corner, just watching, stalking. I couldn't believe it was him, and I shrugged it off as me being tired and still shaken from the nightmare I had just had. The second time, I was at my boyfriend's again, and we were in his room. We were in bed, he was sleeping, and I got up to use the bathroom. I looked out his window, and there he was again. Unusually tall, extremely thin, wearing that stupid black suit, just <laughs> staring. Gross. <laughs> like, How why? How can you tell he's staring? He doesn't have eyes. You right. Well, you know how people have that feeling that they're being watched? Yeah, but he physically cannot watch you. 
You right, is he blind? <laughs> He's, he must be. Um, I kept looking away and looking back, and he was still there. I quickly ran to the bathroom and ran back to bed, avoiding the window. The third time was two weeks ago, once again at my boyfriend's, and there he was again. Same spot at the same time. I couldn't believe it, and I began to feel that overwhelming feeling of calmness. He never shows his faceless face at my house, only at my boyfriend's. But I know he's near when I'm home because my cable glitches, my TV signal goes in and out, my phone acts strange. I know that's him showing himself in a different way, and I know I'm not helping myself because my fascination continues to grow and I keep researching. The thought of Slenderman is terrifying, but whenever I see him, I'm calm and just amazed at his presence. He stares, I stare, and I feel okay. I don't know what it is, but when he's near, I'm not scared. I, end. I wonder if it's one of those, like, you can see him so you know where he is. There, I read on the the fandom website that, like, Slenderman has this ability to, like, make people feel calm. Okay. And they don't know why, but they just do. Okay. And I also, I don't even know if I mentioned, but yeah, there that is a huge thing, him being able to, like, manipulate, like, electricity. So, like, your TV static and, like, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's cool. Okay. And then the last story, which is a little bit longer, is called Don't Visit Haunted Cemeteries at Night. Just don't. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> first of all, first of all, do not do not tell me not to go to a haunted cemetery at night. That's the first thing I'm going to do, give them a chance at any time. We're going to go to Mount Hope in the middle of the night and visit Susan B. Anthony. I would love to, but all cemeteries are, like, fucking closed at night, and it's bullshit. Well, that's to keep the... Devil worshippers <laughs> and the, the spray paint youths that more yeah yeah <laughs> and this story's by already awesome and I also found this on Ranker so it's six a.m. where I live and I'm terrified I've been up the whole morning and just now as I'm seeing the few albeit weak rays of sunlight I'm starting to feel more comfortable in my house I need to start off by saying that there has been a stalker walking around my house for a while. I know, why couldn't I just take my gun and threaten him and force him off my property? Well, he isn't human. Yes, Way, I'll tell you how it started <laughs> and get you up to date on what's going on now. Me and my friends almost a week ago were hanging out. We actually met up at Taco Bell. Shout oh. out to Taco Bell. Gang shit on some Taco Bell. <laughs> to talk about what's been up and seeing how the day go. But uh, we eventually decided to watch a movie, but still... We're going to stay awake all night and party, or I don't know, do something. Sleep, maybe? I can barely stay up that long. That's a mood. Yeah. I, must I, I, I say. That's big Emily energy. <laughs> Despite these discrepancies in our plans for the night, we end up doing something ridiculous and what I seriously regret doing. We end up going to a haunted cemetery. This cemetery is really old, and getting there at 1 a.m. in the morning makes it very scary. I also wanted to just put in there, aren't... Technically, all cemeteries going to be haunted. No, we talked about this last week, remember? Cemeteries are actually really not likely to be haunted. Oh, yeah. Because why would a ghost just hang around near their body when normally where they're going to be haunting mm. is somewhere where a lot of their emotional energy hangs out? So either where they lived or where they died or somewhere they went a lot, mm -hmm. not just the random place where their bones are. That's very true. I forgot we So did as soon talk as he said that. haunted cemetery, I'm like, must be a special cemetery because most of them are fine. 
Okay, this cemetery is really old and getting there at 1am in the morning makes it very scary. At first we were all a bit hyped. It wasn't the nerves getting on us, it was the atmosphere, the feeling of danger. Of course, in my mentality, in my mentally tired state, I couldn't really manage to deduce what it was and really actually thought at first it was the former. We messed around to say the least and we soon got bored. It was at this point that we decided to hold a contest. We'd break out a lantern in the middle of the cemetery and each of us would break out in different sides of the cemetery by ourselves and whoever could stand out in the pitch blackness the longness would be the winner. Smart, right? So we did. I ended up walking towards the rear of the cemetery while my two other friends walked towards the sides. We were all expecting to be creeped out and then running back but I didn't really end up that way. We all had nerves of steel and we just stood there. I was standing out there for maybe five minutes when all of a sudden I hear rustling in the woods. I tense, wondering who it was. I was betting it was my friends. They, Them trying to make me change my pants, but no. <laughs> I peer over the gate beyond the cemetery and this figure rises. A black outline, tall and thin. Very much like what you'd say Slenderman would look like. But instead of a suit, I guess, I don't know how to explain it. His skin was moving, rippling. In fact, like something Ooh. you'd see with moving water. Yeah, creepy. And this could kind of lend to the physics. Well, actually, it could lend to both theories, the physics theory or the uh, thought form theory. But anyway, his skin was moving, rippling, in fact, like something you'd see with moving water. Instead of a blank face, he had my own. That's when I freaked out and ran. I screamed Ooh, and the... ran towards the entrance. I jumped into my car, locked the doors, and started it. As I look outside the car one final time, I'm not seeing the figure, but I see that my friends left. We all drove our own cars, and mine was the only one in the parking lot. I raced back to town, always checking my rear view. At this point, I would stay inside a store or something, but I don't live near any 24-hour stores, and so I'd have to go directly home. I was smart. I knew going home would be a bad idea, but it was my only option. I sure as hell didn't want to get stuck where I didn't have a gun with me. I woke up the next day and tried to reach my friends. I asked them what happened last night. They said that a man who was the guard of the cemetery was telling them to get the heck out. I honestly don't know what the hell that means, but whatever it is, I'm more confused than ever. Now, again, that was just a few days ago. Now I've been waking up frequently in the middle of the night around 1 to 2 a.m. and looking out the window to see the same figure standing outside. His shifting skin changes colors. His face now is in absolute black, avoided in space, and sometimes I can sense it chuckling, entertained by my fear. He doesn't Seven. do he doesn't do much, however, just stands. After six, he disappears, either walks or fades away. I know it's some sort of supernatural entity, but I don't know exactly, and I'm afraid of messing with this any further. One thing is for certain, though, I'm going to talk to that guard. Maybe he knows something about this. The end. Call the police. Or plot twist, there was no guard. Plot. That was kind of what I was thinking. It was like the the plot twist, the guard was that guard. Yeah. Like I said, Slenderman can like uh, transform and stuff. So. Oh, yeah. I'm wondering the, if that's the, what it was. The rippling skin thing is super cool. I like that. That's, yeah. Oh, that's creepy, but I like it. Because <laughs> it makes it seem like um, very like physics-y, like. I can't explain it because I'm not smart enough, but... <laughs> um, we don't smart girls. I don't know if anyone knows what I'm talking about, but it sounds, it, like, very science-y, like, the way... Never mind. I'm not even going to try to explain it. <laughs> <laughs> Just, it's physics-y. Yeah. That's all we need to describe that. We, that's enough. Science. Period. Science. Okay, so Slendy Tendy Man. Yeah, very interesting. Guy. 
Lots of lots of interesting shit. I do enjoy a good slendy tendy spooky time. This yeah. is a good a good throwback. It was definitely. I loved I loved the whole Slenderman thing like in in high school when it first started. I was like, this is just like an internet creepy pasta, yeah. but like it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. And there were people that were like Slenderman for Halloween. Yeah. And like they were putting it in the fucking Harlem Shake videos and stuff like that. And they're just like it was a good creepy vibe. I and liked it. I remember like other creepy pasta legend people too, but he was like the most significant. Yeah. That one and the kids that were like made of bugs. But I'm thinking of I don't was it like <laughs> I keep wanting to say Jack the Ripper, but it was like I think his name was Jack. And he had like a really wide grin. I don't Ooh, even know, like, I don't know. The, I don't know the premise of it, but I remember him being pretty popular, too. Okay. Yeah, I don't know, but I would look into that, because that's dope. Yeah. Okay. Cool beans. Um, is that all you've got for the Slendy Tendy Man? Yeah, that's all I got today for the Slendy Man. Does that mean it's time for Dad Joke Intermission? <gasps> dad Joke Intermission. Dad Joke Intermission. Let's lighten the mood with a dad joke. Sweet. Emily, you can go first. <laughs> okay. Are you ready for my stupid dad joke that actually kind of made me chuckle a little bit? I'm so ready. Why did the old man fall in the well? Why? Because he couldn't see that well. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's actually funny. That was a good one. (laughs) Alright, I've got two for you. I'm excited. The first one. What's the difference between an electrolyte and a hormone? Oh no, what? You can't hear an electrolyte. Oh, no! <laughs> Why did it take you so long? I don't know. The look on your face was priceless. It's because you can hear a hormone. <laughs> Got it. I had to remember the second word you said. I think that's why. <laughs> All right, do you have another one? I do have another one, actually, and this okay, one's for my Carly. <laughs> oh, hell yeah, I'm ready. What's the difference between pea soup and roast beef? Oh, I know the answer, but I'm going to say, I don't know, because I want to hear you say it. Everyone can roast beef, but nobody can pee soup. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Spencer Shea, a.k.a. Jerry Trainer. Time for my next dad joke, and this is a classic. Where does a mansplainer get his water? Where? From a well, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Those are good. What the fuck? Thank you. (laughs) That's some good shit. All right. All right. So, I think it's kind of weird that we both did urban legends that are very different, especially very different in when they were popular, Mm -hmm. but they're both really similar, which I guess kind of makes sense when you think about the content of them. Yeah, I really do think Slendy Man was based on this legend. It, it could be. Um, I feel like a lot of urban legends come from each other. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like a re, like a new version, like a retelling oh, yeah. of the same story. Mm-hmm. So before we get started into who this urban legend is about, I want to start off by setting the tone a little bit. Ooh, visuals. Visuals. So picture this. You're away at summer camp for the first time. You're like eight. You're a little homesick. You're nervous about all the weird sounds coming from the woods and kind of low-key wish you were back home in your bed, feeling safe and sound. That's a mood. But then around the campfire, while you're, like, eating marshmallows and chatting with your new camp BFF, somebody asks if anyone knows any good stories. 
So your camp counselor jumps right in to tell you one, and he tells you the story of a man who escaped the nearby mental institution years ago by murdering orderlies who tried to stop him with an axe. Nice. He left a trail of hacked up bodies behind as he escaped the grounds, only to come back years later after the asylum had closed and now lives in the underground tunnels and abandoned buildings in the woods. He's been seen skulking around in the shadows of nearby towns and the alleyways at night and prowling the edges of parks and playgrounds. Sometimes he's carrying the axe with him, sometimes not, but you know it's him when you see him. Then, kids start going missing. One by one, most of them are never found, dead or alive. They're snatched out of their tents at campsites, yanked from their beds in the middle of the night, or dragged away from the playground when no one's looking. Sometimes, he'll use his axe to kill a gas station attendant, borrow his uniform, and offer to help you pump your gas at night. Maybe while you're sitting there in your car, a hand will reach in from the window and grab you. By then, it's too late. Or, maybe he'll pump your gas and you drive away, only to check your rearview mirror and see him and his axe sitting in your back seat. It's assumed that his victims are pulled down to the tunnels of the empty mental institution, but no one has ever been brave enough to go into the tunnels to look for them. So sometimes, at night, you can hear the distant, muffled screams of children echoing through the forest, but that just means he's coming for his next victim. Maybe it's the ghosts of the other children, trying to warn the next kids to run and hide. Or maybe they're still down there being held by a murderous madman. But either way, you better keep your eyes open and check the dark, shadowy areas around you, because that's where he lurks, ready to strike. Ooh, shit. So, Long Island. New York, Ooh, yes. often called New York's Forgotten Borough, is home to lots of things. Do we care about most of them? No. Except for Pete Davidson. Shh, uh, you can care about Pete Davidson. <laughs> um, or except like a few conspiracy theories about research headquarters being deep in an underground facility in Montauk, but that's another story. <laughs> uh, it's also home to an urban legend so real, it sparked a million similar stories all around the country and even has its own movie. Staten Island has its very own boogeyman, and his name is Cropsy. Bum, bum, bum. I love how we add our own sound effects. It's what we do. Well, I just wanted to say that, you know, I've never had that, like, camp story experience because <gasps> I never went to, like, an away camp in the woods. Um, my mom made me go to a, like, math camp. <laughs> um, for years it was called J.E.I. and we would have to go and learn in the morning and then in the afternoon we could finally go do stuff but it was never fun for me <laughs> I had to go to like we would go to like boat craft which was an amusement park and I fucking hate amusement parks that I sounds, was just miserable I was gonna say that the sounds whole pretty dope the, no the, only the end part, not the beginning, not the learning part. Yeah, we had to learn a lot, and then, like, oh, yay, afternoon for two hours, we would go to the local pool. Oh, great. Yay, yeah. someone shat their pants in the pool <laughs> Anyway. I'm sure that happens a lot. <laughs> it's I, fucking disgusting. I went to summer camp once. It was called Sheriff's Camp, because <laughs> uh, it was, like, sponsored by the, you know, county sheriff. But it was basically like YMCA camp. I went for one week when I was in third grade. Um, it wasn't that fun... It wasn't that exciting. 
it was fine, but it wasn't, like, any of the summer camp movies. It was, like, the yeah. same, like, schedule every day, and it wasn't that, it, it wasn't very fun. I feel like it's never gonna be, like, the movies, like, Camp Rock. Okay, well, <laughs> no summer camp is, like, Camp Rock, but everything where I grew up was super fucking lame and had no money, so, like, they're just, it was not very exciting. It was okay, though. I had a really nice camp counselor. Her name was Jamie. That's all. Nothing exciting. They did tell some good stories at the campfire, though, but they were, like, skits, and they were, like, really funny. We didn't have campfires. It was not camp. It was fucking go learn oh, while yeah. your parents are at work in the summertime. No, it was awesome. Like, we, except at our cabin, we were at the farthest away cabin, so the only toilet we had was, like, a um, port potty that was out in the nice. middle of the woods. That wasn't very fun. Nice. Anyway, <laughs> back to my urban legend. Thy name is Cropsy. Uh, so, like all boogeyman tales and urban legends, the stories about Cropsy vary wildly, and a lot of them are really different and really ridiculous. Most versions say that Cropsy is an escaped mental patient from Willowbrook Hospital. Mm-hmm. Some say he has a hook hand and will attack people in their cars or out camping. So it's like the typical, you hear a scratching noise on the side of your car and drive away, only to find, like, a bloodied hook hanging from the door handle when you get home. So that's a story that's been told a million times and is often credited to, like, Texarkana, but in that kind of general area mm-hmm. of the world, but it's also thought to be started by this Cropsy legend in mm-hmm. Staten Island. So that's pretty cool. Because, I mean, I know kind of everywhere has their own urban legends, yeah. and a lot of them are super similar, and we can all argue about where they started, but... This one is partly attributed to Cropsy. But by all accounts, he is a deranged murderer who will drag kids to the abandoned crumbling buildings of Willowbrook, which was later called State, Staten Island State School, and keep them in the underground tunnels. Mm-hmm. So it's a story Boy, Boy Scouts tell around the campfires, and a story parents tell their kids to scare them into behaving. Nice. <laughs> like like the anti-Santa. Like instead of Krampus? Like, kind of like Krampus. More like the Bleakin from... Uh, Bob's Burgers? No? Okay. Uh, <laughs> but it's like, instead of, be good and Santa will bring you presents, it's, you better be good or Cropsy will get you. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he is kind of Krampus-like. Uh, but he's the reason that people are afraid to go out at night, and every movement in the shadow is just Cropsy, like, waiting to strike. And will you be the next face on a milk carton? Oh no, better mm-hmm. get home by curfew. Uh, so also, like many urban legends, this story grows out of a kernel of truth. But the reality of this story is so much more in line with the campfire story version than most are. So it's got a kind of a big kernel of truth mm-hmm. where it's coming from. So let me take you back in time and give you a micro history lesson from someone who has nine tenths of a social work degree. Sweet. Um, so a lot of people know mental health asylums were fucking disgusting, yep. overcrowded hotbeds for disease and abuse yep. in the earlier part of the 20th century. So Willowbrook State School is, like, the name for institutionalization. So in 1972, a reporter named Geraldo Rivera got access to Willowbrook State School through a doctor who wanted to expose it for what it was. So he went in, did a bunch of, like, undercover kind of research. Mm -hmm. He took in a camera with him, and there's all this footage of, like, overcrowded, filthy place with urine and feces all over the place, not nearly enough staff, a lot in the videos, the videos are so upsetting, and it's, like, a lot of them are people just, like, laying on the floor, screaming, a lot of them are naked, like, it's horrible. Yeah, I was wondering why I knew that name, and it was because I did see the footage from, um, that 
situation and I yeah it was all you hear is moaning and screaming all you see is like people that look like they're decaying yep on the floor in their own feces in and their they're own just, urine they're either being left there or they're being hit yeah and yelled at they're naked they're fucking skin and bones yeah disgusting and it's like it's so sad because a lot of these people who were in these institutions were sent there by their family because their yep. family didn't know how to handle them and didn't want to try. Like the Kennedys. So they, exactly! When she got her lobotomy, yep. I was specifically going to say, I don't remember which Kennedy it was, but there was a female Kennedy who got, like, when lobotomies were first a, a thing, mm-hmm. she got one, yep. and it was a botched lobotomy. And she was permanently disabled she had like the mind of a two-year-old for the yep. rest of her life and they in just, a wheelchair yep and they just threw her into this institution and never looked back yep and that's what happened was these people were completely abandoned by family and like they were just thrown in there which is a lot of what led to the abuse is that there was no accountability yeah no one cared like nope. the, the families didn't care the foster system didn't care so no, no one gave a shit what was going on in there and it was also one of the kennedys who called them snake pits Probably, yeah. It was, I think, Robert F. Kennedy. Um, but so, like we were saying, the staff were very physically and sexually abusive to the students who were called kids, regardless mm-hmm. of age, because they were not all children, mm-hmm. but they were all called kids. Hepatitis, along with a million other illnesses, were really common, and doctors did experiments on the healthy students by injecting them with hepatitis. Yes, yep. So, getting them sick on purpose. So, overall, just horrible and disgusting. They were treated like livestock, but worse. And it was basically just a warehouse for developmentally disabled people. Yeah, just to stow people away. Exactly. And get them away from society. It was disgusting. And none of the staff were trained. They didn't do background checks. They were so hard to try to get people to work there that Mm -hmm. they didn't even give a shit. So, when Rivera released his footage from the inside, that was 19... 1972 and by 1987 it was shut down entirely so it took 15 years after that was known basically that's what deinstitutionalization is Mm -hmm. and unfortunately in these institutions people were not given help or support after they closed down and there was no transition they were just released into the public and like i said these people had no family They had nowhere to go. A lot of them were not able to care for themselves. And they were just put out into the world. That makes sense. With nothing. With nothing but the clothes on their back. And honestly, it's such a dark point in modern history. And it, I wish people talked about it more. Mm -hmm. But, like, we talked about it a lot when I was in the social work program before I fucking quit. But it's also sad is that a lot of the general public were angry or scared of these people because Mm -hmm. they had been locked away from society for so long that general society did not know how to interact with them or how to help them or anything. So we ended up with a lot of horror stories and horror movies about mentally ill or people with developmental disabilities. So I just want to PSA, they are not monsters. They are no more dangerous than anyone else. Give them some respect, please. Stop making every horror movie villain have some mental illness that causes their behavior because it's not fucking accurate. Amen. And it's fucking harmful to those populations of people. Amen. When you see a schizophrenic homeless person talking to themselves, you do not need to be fucking scared of them. Like... Most of the time, people with delusions like that, people that have schizophrenia and stuff, are more of a harm to themselves than they are to you. And they're so vulnerable. Yeah. They are so much more likely to be the victim of violence. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, it's... Ugh. But, all of that being said, 
during the 70s and 80s on Staten Island surrounding the closing and condemning of Willowbrook, children started to go missing. For real? Yes. Oh, shit. Children started to go missing. Wait, is this Staten Island or Long Island? Staten Island. Okay, because there is a Long Island serial killer that they've never found yet, but that's a different story. Anyway, go. We're going to Staten Island. We're going to Staten Island. It is an actual island. Okay. <laughs> um, so, the first to go missing was a five-year-old girl named Alice Pereira in 1972 who disappeared while she was playing outside with her brother. The second was in 1981, a seven-year-old girl named Holly Ann Hughes disappeared. There's more evidence about her disappearance that we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. The third was in 1983, an 11-year-old girl named Tia Heath Jackson. And the fourth was actually a 22-year-old man with developmental delays named Hank Gaforio mm-hmm. in 1984. So Hank Gaforio was a beloved member of the community was super friendly, and was actually on the news while they were on a search party for one of the other missing girls. Whoa. And then he himself went missing a few years later. That's fucked up. Yep. None of them were ever found dead or alive. And the final missing child was widely publicized. It was in 1987. A 12-year-old girl named Jennifer Schweitzer, who Mm -hmm. had Down syndrome, went for a walk near her house and never came home. God. So there was a huge public search party with her face on milk cartons, flyers everywhere, and a team that called themselves like Friends of Jennifer or like Jennifer's Friends or something mm-hmm. combed the area, including the wooded parks and empty lots around Staten Island. And an entire month later, while they were searching near the grounds of Willowbrook, which was all closed up and abandoned, a firefighter found a little foot sticking out of the ground. So they dug just a little bit and revealed Jennifer's body in a shallow grave. Just what like the fuck? just like in the woods, in all the like brush of the overgrown buildings of Willowbrook. So the area was searched further and they found a little makeshift camp makeshift camp of a homeless person living on the grounds of the old school, which was not uncommon. Mm-hmm. A lot of the people who were released from the school didn't have anywhere to go. A lot of them just ended up making little homeless encampments Mm -hmm. or living in the old buildings or there was like a whole network of tunnels underneath that they would live Mm -hmm. in but they found this particular close by camp of an ex-Willowbrook orderly named Andre Rand interesting so I would like to tell you about Andre Rand so he was born his name was actually Frank Russian Rushan not sure okay So his mother struggled with mental illness and lived at the Pilgrim State Asylum when he was a child. So it's believed that that's what led him to work at Willowbrook as an orderly. So he kind of had a history of violence and fucked up behavior before he worked at Willowbrook. But again, they did not do background checks. They did not give a shit. It was easy enough for him. This was the 80s. It was easy enough for him to just change his name and move on. Yeah. Like I said, he was an orderly at the facility, but he left the job in 1966. And although he stopped working at Willowbrook, he didn't leave, and instead he was living in a campsite on the grounds. What the fuck? So, like I said, that was really common. Both, And there was another hospital named Seaview Hospital that was not far away that used to be an old tuberculosis hospital, Mm -hmm. which was, like, fucking deteriorating out in the woods as well, and a lot of people lived there, too. There are a lot of stories about with all the people that were just kind of living out there and a lot of them like I said could not take care of themselves and didn't know how there are a lot of theories that there are like a fuck ton of human remains just out there in the woods in the weeds like that's so sad because no one ever really goes out there anymore 
Shortly after leaving work at Willowbrook, Rand was arrested and convicted for attempting to rape a nine-year-old girl. Oh, my God. Um, and he spent 16 months in jail for that. Okay. Only 16 months. Barely more than a year That's for trying disgusting. to rape a nine-year-old. So then he got a job as a bus driver. Oh, perfect. In 1983, he was a bus driver for kids and seemed to just, like, randomly kidnap a bus full of kids from the YMCA, bought them all lunch, and then drove them to Newark National Airport. What the fuck? For, for like, seemingly no reason. It was... What? Yeah. And then, again, he did some prison time for that. But was released. Again. So, he had also been a suspect in the disappearance of all the kids that I mentioned before. Alice Pereira, Holly Ann Hughes, Tia Heese Jackson, and Hank Gaforio. Mm -hmm. In the case of Holly Ann Hughes and Hank Gaforio, Andre Rand was seen with them on the day of their disappearance. So Hank Gaforio was with Andre Rand at a local diner, and Holly Ann Hughes was seen walking down the sidewalk with him okay. on the days they disappeared. Other than that, there is no evidence. That's fucking sus. Yeah. So it's obviously believed he has his own slew of mental illnesses mm -hmm. or disabilities because, first of all, who the fuck does this stuff unless they're sick? Mm -hmm. But also, there are pictures of him at the courthouse when he's, like, you know, on trial for all this stuff, mm -hmm. where... Like, he's being held and escorted by two officers, and he's just, like, barely holding himself up. He's barely walking. They're guiding him, and he's drooling. Oh, damn. And wow. he's got, like, these big bugged-out eyes, and he just looks so vacant. And yeah. he's just drooling. Huh. So, I tried to look more into that. It was hard to get more information on what may or may not have been a diagnosis. I'm not sure if there was one. But just based on kind of social collective thought there was something going on there mm -hmm. um in the case of jennifer schweiger 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 there was very little concrete evidence to connect him to the crime besides that he was living nearby where she was buried and he had a history of doing shitty things to kids which is what we call circumstantial evidence mm -hmm. uh the jury came up inconclusive because of that so rand wasn't actually charged for the murder but he was still charged for kidnapping so he was sentenced to 25 years in prison, eligible for parole in, for parole in 2008, but in 2004, a fellow inmate gave information to police that came straight from his, like, Andre Rand's mouth. Mm -hmm. So this other inmate took notes on a conversation he had with him in which he went into great detail about how he kidnapped Holly Ann Hughes. So this is probably, like, the guy probably wanted to get a reduced sentence yeah, and be released early, say, yeah. but still, like, invaluable help. And also, if you think about, like, the prison system, people who fuck with kids are at the bottom of the ladder. Oh, like, yeah. everyone, like, everyone in prison is usually, usually a bad person who has done yeah. a bad thing. Yeah. But when it comes to kids, they don't fuck with that. You're still the monster. Well, also, it's, they're seen as the most vulnerable because their prey is children. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, this guy probably did not feel bad at all and was like, fuck you for kidnapping another little girl. I'm going right to the police. So, good job on that guy. So, he was charged with another kidnapping, another 25 years in prison, so he won't be eligible for parole until, until 2037. This when man he, is still alive? Yeah. He will be 93 years old when he's what eligible for parole again. fuck? Yeah. Uh, but that being said, there are still a lot of people who think Rand might be innocent. He had, like I said, his own mental illnesses or disabilities makes him a very easy target. Oh, yeah. Either for a setup 
like, someone could very easily have set him up and been like, look, it was clearly this guy, look at him, he's crazy and he has a history of doing weird shit with kids. Like the popo. Yep. And it's just, it makes it very easy for public opinion to sway the courts to action, to be like, well, it's clearly this guy, look at all the circumstantial evidence, it, it, it's gotta be. Mm-hmm. All these disappearances, honestly, it could have been one person, it could have been all different people, who fucking knows. The bodies have never been found, there's very little evidence pointing to Rand, besides in the case of Holly Ann Hughes where he admitted it, mm-hmm. and in the ones he was already put in prison for. And also, this was the 80s, when kids were allowed to go outside and play until dark and no one was fucking worried. Like, this yep. kind of thing happened... Well, I guess it didn't really happen until the 70s and 80s, I guess. But it was also, like, the fucking satanic panic. So people tried to blame this on... They were like, yeah, there's probably Satan worshippers that are, like, hanging out around the old Willowbrook Institution, living in the tunnels and stuff. It's probably them. So people really tried to blame Satanists and had Mm -hmm. absolutely, like, no basis for thinking that besides it was the 80s and they were all scared. Oh, my God. The 70s and the 80s were just fucking full of serial killers, too. So Exactly. And especially, like, they're they're right outside New York City, bro. Come on. I mean, personally, I would think Rand is probably responsible, but we can't say for sure. I have two, like, questions, I guess. So my first question would be, like, for the girl uh, with Down syndrome, the body that they found. um, I'm just wondering, um, you know, if they were, if, was she, like, fully decomposed? Like, was it just bone? No. Okay, then my thing is, they found her a month later, right? Yeah. Um, did they say, do you know what month it was? Nope. Well, my first thing is, um... Right, like, a month later, how decomposed was she? Yeah, because it almost sounds as if, like, if this dude saw her fucking foot, like, it almost sounds as if she was alive for quite some time, um, depending on, I guess, what season it was. If it was fucking summer, she would have been... Like, even if she was been missing for a month, that doesn't mean she was dead for a month. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what's true. kind of interesting. And then the other thing is, like, uh, what's his name? Andre? Andre Rand. Uh, for Andre Rand, and you were discussing the, um, like, the photo of him being led away by police, like, that makes it seem very hard for me to believe that he could, even though, like, these were just kids and the older victim was, had his own disabilities, like, it just seems weird kind of unbelievable for a guy like that to be able to let alone like lure away a little girl and be capable enough to do something and then hide the body so well that they were never found yeah that's fair that's that was kind of my thought too but he was convicted of trying to rape a nine-year-old kidnapping an entire bus full of kids and he fully admitted in detail how he kidnapped Holly Ann Hughes, got rid of her, well, I don't know if there was detail on how to get, how he may have gotten rid of her body or murdered her because he was only charged for the kidnapping and not murder. I also have rebuttals for those. I'm just okay. going to play devil's advocate. Yeah. Um, for- I don't know how to feel about this, so I'm yeah. not on one side or the other. Yeah. Devil it away. So, for the attempted rape, I do also wonder the situation of that because it could have been blown way out of proportion because this man is seen as someone who is creepy because something is wrong with him. Right. Uh, So I'm wondering if there was a little bit of, like, dramatics in that situation, but I don't know. Right. Second, the bus situation. I do agree. It was fucking weird for him to drive him to the uh, airport. But, again, this man 
As far but, as I know, none of them were, like, harmed. Yeah. He just bought them lunch and took them to yeah. the airport. So it's like, uh, that could just be a man who does not have a plan and may or may not know what's going on and just does something impulsively. To me, it really, because I work a lot with people with um, developmental disabilities, right, so you intellectual have, like, disabilities. into this. And so, 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 so many of them, their intentions are so good. They have the best intentions. It's just not the most appropriate. Yeah. It's um, not executed the way it should have been. So regarding the bus situation, he, you know, he bought them all lunch. He was probably seeing that situation as, like, you know, he's he's giving them a treat. Like, they're having a great time. He, I'm sure he didn't really realize that not taking them home on their regular bus schedule was kidnapping. <laughs> but then again, I don't know. He could have been playing this whole game acting yeah. mentally ill. And it, I, don't I, know. I wish I had more information on that because it's like I based on the pictures and the little evidence or you know, the little information that I found about him having some kind of intellectual disability or mental illness, it's not specific and it's not concrete. Mm-hmm. So I I genuinely don't know. And you would think after all these years they would have performed some sort of um Mental health test. I'm, I'm, I'm sure him. there's, there is an answer. It just was not existent for me to find. Yeah, which is yeah. I mean, I guess because the case is technically old. Yeah, and it's like this was, you know, the '80s. Yeah. So it's like, uh, but he's, he's still alive. So. He's still alive, and he's still in prison now. So I'm sure wherever he is, he's getting hopefully some kind of help if he needs it. Mm-hmm. And so either way, this is just leading to one of those mentally ill man hurts some children and now every single mentally ill person or person with, you know, developmental disability is a fucking monster. I mean, that's, yeah, and that's just, that's the basis for so many, like, slasher mm-hmm. films. Yes. Um, the one, the one that really comes to mind, even though I love this movie so much. I know much, what you're gonna say. Is the most recent Halloween movie. Oh, shit, that's not um, what I thought you were gonna say. Because... In the beginning of the most recent Halloween movie, I forget what it's called, but um, Michael Myers is in a mental health facility, but it's technically like a mental health prison, and they show. I wonder if he's next door to Slenderman girls. It's supposed to be in modern day times, and so it shows Michael Myers in this mental health facility with other mentally ill people, but uh, apparently they are bad people, so they're all chained up. they when they go out for outside time they have like a square tape around them and they're like chained to the ground and they can only go so far as Aww. like the chain allows them in this like square space um so right away like that movie kind of portrays like oh michael myers is you know he's a fucking murderer but he's also really mentally ill and that's really scary like you know it gives that whole it does vibe. make like a direct connection in people's minds to yeah you. mentally ill means dangerous and scary yeah. like because just, you don't understand them yeah so they're scary because all the people that were be like shown in this beginning part of halloween were um people the people in chains were like screaming at nobody talking to themselves um doing the quote-unquote crazy things that, you know, people deem as being crazy. Like, those really, like, if you were to bully somebody, that's what you would do. Yeah. Like, if you were bullying someone who had a 
some type of mental illness, it's like those are the kinds of things you do when you're bullying someone like that. Yeah. So it's it's just exactly, and because of that, he might be innocent or at least partially innocent for some of these crimes. There's because there's just not enough evidence to say he did, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean he didn't. I'm also not saying that he's innocent, guys. I have no idea. Yeah, this happened so long ago. Like, but I just think it's unfortunate that that led and and contributed to the idea that mentally ill people are scary. Oh yeah. Um. So basically, the Cropsy Urban Legend has stretched so far and wide. It has its own movie, like I said. It's called The Burning. And Mm. it was about a camp counselor who was disfigured in, like, a prank gone wrong, and now he kills campers with an axe. Oh, shit. Cute, right? Oh, and it was directed in part by Harvey Weinstein, who we all hate. Not Uh, watching that. Nope. So, don't watch it. Uh, But there is a fantastic documentary called Cropsy, which was done by two Staten Island guys who grew up with the legend, and it is so well done. It explores a lot more about Andre Rand, and it talks a lot about the urban legend itself and the different stories that they've heard, mm-hmm. and it's it's really well done. But in this particular case, because, you know, most urban legends like this, it starts some, without something really small, yeah. and then it turns into this big blown-out-of-proportion story that, like, goes from one person to another to another, and every time it gets scarier. Like mm-hmm. the Flatwoods monster. Mm-hmm. How... When we talked about that, it was like, they were like, wow, this thing flew at us and hissed and it was scary. And then some people are telling the story of, it was 35 feet tall and breathing fire and like, (laughs) all this crazy shit. But in this case, the most prominent story, the fact really doesn't stray too far from the fiction. Um, We don't know if Andre Rand is really responsible for the disappearances, but he created the Cropsy Urban Legend. And there are a lot of similarities in the story. And Cropsy was a story before Andre Rand was taken into custody. So this Cropsy, this boogeyman of Staten Island who's lurking in the shadows waiting to get you and stuff, he's bigger than Andre Rand. Mm -hmm. So it's not fair to say Andre Rand is Cropsy. Oh, yeah. Because Cropsy is this urban legend boogeyman that's existing on Staten Island waiting to fucking scoop kids up and pull them into tunnels. Mm -hmm. That's not necessarily what he is. Uh, but in terms of fact versus fiction, Rand was the orderly at Willowbrook. He was not a patient, which is an important distinction. Mm-hmm. But I guess being a mental patient makes for a much scary, much scarier story. Yep. Uh, he doesn't have a hook hand. He doesn't have an axe that we know of. Um, but yeah, I wish some scary, that there were some scary personal stories that I could have read, like, from Ranker or something, but this was in the 80s when they just did it at campfires and stuff and not yeah. on the internet. So <laughs> there are not a lot of personal encounters but that's definitely a really interesting um one I didn't know I really didn't know much at all about Cropsy I I was thinking about crops and cornfields right I don't and (laughs) people collectively don't know why he's named that they don't know where the name came from I just watched the documentary randomly on Netflix like when I was in high school Mm -hmm. like years ago so I thought to do him and then based on that, Emily was like, oh, cool, then, you know, I'll do Slenderman. And then when I was doing my research for Cropsy, they mentioned Slenderman. That's so weird. Because they were like, yeah, this story's been told and retold a yep. thousand times. A couple years ago, it was Slenderman. And I was like, holy shit, we really did kind of tell the same story. Yeah, I mean, there's so many different things that Slenderman apparently does. There's so many different ways he might look or, you know, his targets. Like He's got the slender walk in the slender sense. <laughs> My slendy sense sense is tingling. (laughs) But, yeah. 
I mean, I don't know what to make of any of that, honestly. I Sorry, folks. I don't believe in Slenderman. It was something some man made up on the internet. How could you? Um, <laughs> and I believe in a lot of things. I believe a lot of weird shit, but not Slendy Tendy Man. Yeah. But... Never once been scared of the Slendy Tendy. Yeah, no. Just, no. Um, yeah, thus concludes our spooky, looky urban legends. Someone may or may not have been living in our house, like, a year ago. <laughs> Before, oh, long it. before you lived here, sorry to scare you, B. I hate it. I'm, like, legitimately scared this time. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm very sorry. And it's very hard to scare me, like. That's not true. It Okay, so it's hard to scare Emily with, like, true crime and, like, ghosts and horror movies and stuff. It's not hard to scare her when you're talking about things that are actually present in her life. Like what? Like. Do you remember when the icicle fell off the roof and you thought someone was trying to break in? <laughs> <laughs> like, stuff like that, where it, or it's like, I thought I heard a noise, and you're like, what? No! No! No noise! No! <laughs> I think, yeah, I think the problem is if it's, like, in the present and it's happening around me, that's yes. scary, but, like... Because it's real and not just, like, in the abstract. Yeah, but, like, okay, 3 a.m., me alone in bed, I'll watch a scary movie, I don't give a fuck. And, and, then, I, and I do watch way too much true crime stuff, so I'm just totally desensitized. But anyway. You think you're desensitized, but then it all comes rushing back to you the second you hear a noise in your house. Because it's like, oh my me. god, it's like that case, it's gonna happen to me. You know who I think about a lot every time that I'm like, I'm like, oh, my bedroom is safe, but my bedroom has, like, my closet and my porch. Mm -hmm. Like, there are two extra rooms off my bedroom. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you ever heard of the pillowcase rapist? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think of him a lot. Yeah, it's fucking, oh He's, my God. I'm like, it's my bedroom, no one's in here with me, right? Yeah, you would think. You would think, until you think about all the true crime cases you know and think, ha ha And that's um, one of the many reasons I will never step foot on a cruise ship, thank you very much. I DK, they look fun, but I know Fuck people no. get uh, seasick, so I don't want to go no. near anyone who's seasick. Well, yeah, but no, not even that. And we'll talk about why I refuse to go on cruise ships. It has it to do with a bunch of cases. Is it because you really hated the Sweet Life on Deck? No, I fucking... I was okay with it. I was okay <laughs> with that. Um, no, it's because there are um, a few cases of women that have gone missing on cruise ships. And, yeah, no thanks. Um, hard case on that, bro. And it was a very... They're very hard cases to deal with because, you know, you're on international waters. There's right. no, like, oh, that's the USA's ocean. So it's That's their jurisdiction. My water. That's my big water. Go get your own big water. <laughs> but yeah, you know. Fuck cruise ships. Hi, DK. They seem fun, but I've never been on one, so I don't know. No thanks. Anyway, casual reminder to once again send in your scary stories if you've got them. You can DM us um, on our Instagram or Twitter, both at UCF Podcast, or you can email us at UCF.pod at Gmail. In the meantime, stay spooky, my friend. Stay spooky. <laughs>